know, you could have the best job in the world and the greatest family in the world and still be wasting your life. Don't waste your life. We'll tell you how. Next, on today's edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're back in Philippians chapter 2 again, taking a look at a series that Pastor Phil has entitled, Don't Waste Your Life. And indeed, that's what the Apostle Paul was laying out for us here in Philippians. If you were to sum it all up, what are you really living for and why? These questions are answered by Paul here in Philippians chapter 2. Join us. See how your life stacks up. Here now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor, Phil Howell. We see someone like Esther in the Bible. Esther, a Jewess, married by this Gentile Persian king, and uh, bribed and tricked by evil men that hate the Jewish people. And it gets to the king, Ahasuerus, to make an edict that will kill all Jewish people in the province of Persia, which, my, it took up Iran, Iraq, Jordan. I mean, it, it, it was raining. It was a huge empire. Kill every Jew in the empire within so many days. The king doesn't even know he's married to a Jewish girl. She won the contest, not because he's Jewish, but because he's beautiful. And she had Uncle Mordecai kind of advise her all the way how to handle herself. And the king is just swept off his feet. And so Mordecai gets a hold of her and says, Are you aware of the edict? Your people, we are all going to be killed in so many days. You're our only hope for a reprieve. Let me tell you, you must go see the king. But to go see the king was a death wish was to risk your life. You could never go into the presence of an oriental king without an invitation. You could not walk into the throne room without being killed. And so Mordecai lays down the options to Esther. And this is what Esther says to Mordecai to tell her people. Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I'm expendable for a greater good. The salvation and the sparing of the lives of a people descended from Abraham and being connived against and hunted down. My life in exchange for theirs. And as the marvelous story goes, she goes in and the king extended the scepter, which meant, I'll receive you, no death, what do you want? And through this woman of faith, This courageous Jewish girl, a queen for a Gentile king, an edict and a plan is revealed, and God brings hope and deliverance to his people, Israel. 
I would to God I could hear people in this place and I would that I could say it. I said many things to God as a teenage boy being called. I think I need to renew a lot of my vows. You get comfortable. Comfort and ease seems to be an American right. But those that I follow have given up everything to make Christ known. If I perish, I perish. What a great thing. I think of three Hebrew boys that when the king of Babylon builds his uh, idol on the plains of Shinar and says at a certain time all the instruments will play and everybody on these plains are to bow down to my God in a moment's notice at the fear of losing their life. And when they are pointed out because they are standing in the midst of this multitude, they are standing strong. The king inquires of them, are you out of your head? What's going on? And they reply, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But watch this. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The king was says, bow or burn. And they said, we will trust God to be delivered or trust God to die. There's no alternative for us. God will either deliver us or we will willingly die than to become idolaters on the plains of Shinar. We know the one true living God, Yahweh. Let me tell you, young people, school is getting ready to start. And I found as a young person, I, it was always easy to live for God from June to September 1. It's when I got to school and all the dances and the parties and the fast crowd said, bow or don't be popular. Bow to our wishes. Give sex on the date or you won't get dates. Go and get drunk with us at the parties or you won't be invited to the parties. Let me tell you, tell them I will trust God. I will not bow. Don't bow. They will fall apart and be wrecks by the time you graduate and you can walk across with the joy of the Lord saying, I found a purpose and a cause bigger than being drunk every weekend and throwing away all my virtues. I've been called by the living God. I'm his child. I do what he says. I go where he says. I live for what he says. His interests are my interests. His word is my guide. I will bank my life on him. I think of the Paul the Apostle. He wanted to go to Jerusalem, preach one more time. And on his way there, Agabus rises up in Acts 19 and uh, Acts 21. Don't go there. You'll be killed. Don't go there. And all the ways, he's meeting with the churches on the way back to Jerusalem. Don't go, they're going to kill you. Don't, Paul, it's dangerous. They know that you become a believer. You're going to hometown. You're going to be killed. And he says in Acts 21, 13, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And Luke tells his friends, and since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, 
Let the will of the Lord be done. And when you read in 2 Corinthians 11, whipped five times of the Jews, 39 stripes. The law said you can give them 40, but the law said if you get one stripe over, the executioner could get the beating. So they always went one less, 39. Five times, shipwrecked. Imagine being out on the Mediterranean three days and three nights holding on to a piece of timber because you were out there preaching and had a shipwreck. Well acquainted with suffering, fasting, betrayal. What for? What for? For me to live is Christ. Life will soon evaporate. The globe is filled with perishing men and women, boys and girls. And in Paul's perspective, the whole Gentile world is in the dismal darkness of idolatry. They've never known the God of Abraham. They will perish, perish, perish. And why would a Jewish boy care? Because the interest of Christ became his interest. And God said, I'm tired of sending Gentiles to hell. I want someone to give them the gospel. And we ought to be tired of all around us perishing, 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 dying, Jew and Gentile alike, perishing, perishing. Who would risk their life on the job to speak up for Christ? At school, in the neighborhood, is there any light out there in the week? Are you only one that picks up God on Sunday and the rest of the week you put him under a bushel? Oh, how our community needs a savior, someone that will go public for God. Instead of just being sermon tasters, sermon critiquers, and just comfortable pews, how are we getting our message out? The interest of Christ, I beg you, not my agenda. I keep asking myself, are you doing your own thing or his thing? I will speak tonight of things I'd love to see our church do, but they'll never happen unless he energizes and wants it. I think of uh, people in the first century. Stephen Neal said to become a Christian in the first century, as he wrote about missions, he said, undoubtedly Christians under the Roman Empire had no legal right to existence and were liable to the utmost stringency of the law. Every Christian knew that sooner or later he might have to testify to his faith at the cost of his life. Would you rather die for the faith or die of unbelief walking around in the wilderness for 40 years because you couldn't trust God to give you the land? The wasted life is the life that will not risk all for Christ. The wasted life is the safe, secure, bore life that never puts God's interest. Nothing could be as boring as dying with a room full of money and no impact for the cause of Jesus Christ. To live on purpose. I think of John Patton. John Patton uh, was the great Scottish missionary to the New Hebrides. Uh, New Hebrides Islands, if you took a map and you went through the uh, Hawaiian Islands and just kept going for Australia, uh, it's those islands that way. And they named it New Hebrides after a similar set of islands off of the coast of Scotland. So they named it that. And uh, in 18, uh, 
1839, John Williams and James Harris from the London Missionary Society were the first missionaries to ever go, the first white men missionaries to ever go to these islands. When they landed, they were clubbed at the beach and eaten by cannibals. Thus, the island was baptized with the blood of martyrs. And Christ thereby told the whole Christian world that these people were worth enough to him to allow some of his servants to be clubbed to death by them. Nineteen years later, a man by the name of John Patton, who had a very successful urban, what we'd call a missions ministry in the city. We might think of Bay Area Rescue Mission or had a very effective ministry going on in Scotland and uh, was greatly admired, had, was having great impact. And then he said, God wants me to go to foreign missions. And, the, and no one could understand. says, are, where for New Hebrides? Are, are you out of your mind? And Mr. Dixon speaks up. He said, the cannibals, the cannibals. You will be eaten by cannibals. And he said this, of course, in light of what happened 19 years before of these brothers they sent out, never heard of again. Patton's reply was, Mr. Dixon, you are advanced in years now, and your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave, there to be eaten by worms. I confess to you that if I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I'm eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, my resurrection body will rise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. Well, we have more from our series, Don't Waste Your Life, with Pastor Phil Howard. But we wanted to stop for a brief moment just to get an update on Truth For Today. Recently back on with KFAX after a hiatus, we wanted to spend a few minutes with Pastor Phil, getting the behind-the-scenes skinny, if you will. Uh, Phil, it's, uh, well, it's been a while since we've been on KFAX. Uh, why did we go off the air? Well, in light of the uh, recession that hit us, uh, as a country, uh, it also hit churches, and Valley Bible has always uh, had Truth For Today supported inwardly and by the church or people in the church, and uh, I made a decision uh, with the elders that we should go off because I didn't want us running a, a bill, and uh, as much as we want to sow the Word of God, uh, this radio station demands payment. And so, in light of that, and good stewardship, we went off I, against the wishes of many of the elders because they feel it's a sowing ministry and they believe in the power of God's Word. But finances was the primary reason. In spite of going off the air, the program, though, was still being used by God, wasn't it? We didn't ever have a great response mechanism. We didn't get a lot of write-ins, but we, uh, the people who contacted us, uh, people would drive over to the church to thank us for the broadcast. Uh, uh, stories of uh, a bartender who did not know God but would hear us in an early morning broadcast and uh, came to Christ changed his life 
and eventually became a deacon in a church. Uh, people like prisoners. We would get letters from prisoners when we were on early in the morning. And uh, they would write us for Bible material and Bible questions. Uh, people that uh, the Word of God, we must believe this, uh, the Word of God never returns empty-handed. And uh, I just read where Spurgeon said, if you hope the gospel works, that's not good enough. It does work. And now that we are back on the air, how do you see the broadcast being used by God moving forward? Well, I, uh, I feel this way, that Valley Bible would like to get outside of its own walls and reach the Bay Area, of, uh, which I have lived in all my life. Uh, I've lived in the Bay Area nearly 70 years, and uh, I know this area, and I know the great dearth there is for Bible teaching. One of our burdens was that uh, people would hear some wonderful Bible teachers on the air, but they would be scattered all over the country. And so you couldn't go to a church where that man was speaking. And we thought, we are local. We like to offer our people a place where the Bible's being taught. I often refer to a dear woman who visited our church and was very complimentary of the sermon and she made the comment to me, I think that might have been the greatest sermon I ever heard. And without ever thinking about it before, I simply said to her, well, in a famine, even my cooking can be good. <laughs> and uh, we don't profess to be the greatest of anything. We're just a great sinner. but And we have a great Savior. But we believe the truth. There's a famine for the truth in the land. And we have no gimmicks. We have no angles. We don't want your money except to pay for uh, radio time. We don't pay anyone. Uh, this is all a faith operation to get God's word into the hearts of people listening. Thank you, Phil. Uh, friend, throughout the month of October, we'll spend a few minutes with Pastor Phil in the middle of the broadcast, just getting an update of truth for today, what's happened in the past, how we're moving forward in the future, and how we hope God will use this broadcast. So stick around for that throughout the month of October. But right now, let's get back to our series, Don't Waste Your Life. Once again, Pastor Phil Howard. I think of Jim Elliott and the writings of his wife, Elizabeth, along with the Elliots were uh, Nate Saint and his dear wife, sister Rachel. Uh, this year, as some of us brothers went to a shepherd's conference in Southern California at John MacArthur's. On the final day, the son of Nate Saint was there. He had gone back to uh, Ecuador and worked with his aunt Rachel. And as he got up and shared somewhat about uh, the history of that mission and the faith of his father, at one point, he invites a man to come up, a short man, wasn't he? he? I don't know if he made five feet, but he's very short. And you knew you had an Ecuadorian Indian in front of you. And he said, I'd like for you to meet the man that killed my father and the man that has become my brother. And we have worked together, and I take him, him across the United States as his translator. 
And I speak for him. And at one time they had to let him sing. Of course, none of us knew what he was singing, but he was into it, believe me. He, he sang it with all of his heart. And in essence, uh, in all the writings of Rachel, a great book you may want to read, old, if you can even get it, My Kinsman, My Savage, Savage My Kinsman. I have my sister's copy. Don't tell her. She's not here today. Pictures and the horror story of what they went through. A bunch of single women that continued in that jungle until they led the killers of their husbands to the Lord. And I look around our young people and even people in the church, and the hardest thing they do is go to church. We have all kinds of ministries. I think of these that, why is it that some would die for the cause and others think they're dying because they attend? Or the, the, the varied levels of commitment across the so-called Christian spectrum to people who barely attend, they live for money, themselves, uh, what, their interests, whatever that may be. And those who say, if it's poverty, I sign up. If it's martyrdom, I sign up. If it's hardship, I sign up. What is it? For me to live is Christ. And to die will be the best thing that could ever happen because I'll immediately go into a divine embrace with my Savior. What really makes me tick is his interest anyway. Nothing as empty as a self-centered life. And nothing is as indicting as a believer who is still self-centered. How can it be that we would embrace Christ as Savior and still be full of ourselves. How does it make sense to be in love with mud when you have the treasure of treasures? Christ. Maybe it's why missions suffer so much among us. You people are supporting missions. You're, you're giving, many of you are giving. Uh, we are amazed at the way God keeps bringing finances, whether it's to help our dear brother, Tommy Bradford, when you gave the $10,000 and then you gave $7,000 for another mission. Money, we just are amazed at your giving. God, God has raised up some givers and God will reward you. But will we give sons and daughters? Will we give ourselves? What's, if you can make any of your children anything you can make them, what would you make them to be? I had one of my children the other day said, you know, if God ever gives me a boy, I'm asking that God would make him a preacher. It's the only time I've ever heard that because I don't call my grandchildren, but inside of me, inside of me, I thought, oh, if all of my grandchildren died on a mission field for the cause of Christ, nothing would make me have greater joy at the throne. But if they were all just money lovers, self-centered people, I don't care if they own everything. I want them to own Christ and make him known. Do any of you dare pray that God give us some preachers? Would you pray for missionaries to come out of our ranks? But comfort and ease has never built the church. And this kind of preaching has never made people want to sit under it long unless they're conquered by Christ. Our series is called Don't Waste Your Life. 
Pastor Phil Howard here today on Truth For Today. As we close out our program, we'd leave you with our phone number and address if you would like to contact us. You can reach us toll-free at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to write to us. The address is Truth For Today, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, of course, as always, you can learn more about us at our website, valleybible.org. Once again, to close out our time together, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard, as we talk about our current series, simply entitled, Don't Waste Your Life. Phil? This series is based upon Paul said, I, for me to live, is Christ, and to die will be gained. If you'll contact us this month, we're going to send you this five-sermon series. If you'll make a donation of $10, we're giving it to you. I, I hope we break even, but we want to hear from you. And so this five-part series, Don't Waste Your Life, is our gift to you that you went out of your way to contact us in the month of October. Please let us hear from you, and we'll see to it that you get these free messages. And again, our phone number is 855-833-9864. Or write to us, Truth For Today, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is our zip code. And again, our web address is valleybible.org. Special for the month of October, this five CD set, Don't Waste Your Life, for a gift of $10 or more. Do get a hold of us and become a partner with Truth For Today as we continue the ministry here on KFAX. Until next week, God bless. God bless.